Welcome to episode 105 of the Grip Strip Podcast. The Phil loses his crap because Chase Briscoe won his first race, cup race edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. I am Philip Matthew, uh, the host, and my co-host and my buddy, Josh Hafine. What's going on, man? Yeah, and Joe, uh, uh, as you said, recurring guest and friend uh, in general for us and of the show, NASCAR uh, expert and somebody who's really connected into the sport, which is something that I will apologize ahead of in, in advance that I'm not as connected to the sport as I used to be. I might be now since I'm wearing my Chase Briscoe Mahindra shirt and I showed the Chase Briscoe license plate and the Chase Briscoe coffee cup. And if you don't like Chase Briscoe, you can go fuck yourself right now because you're going to hear his name a lot because um, he is my favorite driver. And he drives for one of my heroes, who is his hero, too. And, you know, Mahindra, Indian company. I'm an Indian guy. And they sponsored this good old uh, dude from Mitchell, Indiana, who was sleeping on couches and stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it more because I'm, I'm probably going to go off on a, like a 10-minute thing. So, um, Joe, thanks for coming on, man. We're going to definitely use your... Uh, expertise in regards to the Phoenix weekend and what is coming next, which is the brand new Atlanta Motor Speedway, first time since 1997, uh, with not only a repave, but a reconfiguration of the track, uh, which nobody really knows outside of, you know, like Josh, who's an iRacer, um, what we may expect there. Um, so thanks again, as always, brother, for coming on the GSP. Well, well, th- he's actually named Chase. Uh, the one that that is the most popular driver is William Clyde Elliott II. Hence, why I reference him as William Clyde Elliott. That's that's the whole point. He's not Chase. His friends call him his friends, aka YRB Bubba. They call him Clyde. So I call him William Clyde Elliott, or I call him Clyde. Because that's what his government, that's his freaking government. Because just like his daddy government, that's his government too. Chase Briscoe's name is actually freaking Chase. So there's a, that's another one. Let's go and get, let's go and get a bunch of hits right now. So that's number two. The guy who's actually named Chase won last week. The one that they talk about all the time that is a former series champion and all this other stuff and, and Rick Hendricks freaking money train and all this other crap. He's William Clyde Elliott II. Go and go and ed- educate yourself right now and and deal with it. Uh, get in a NASCAR Cup and Xfinity at Phoenix. We're gonna go and preview all three races at Atlanta. All three of us will make some picks. We're gonna get into Formula One uh, after last season and the craziness that went down and uh, fish lips going and getting back during that championship uh, after. Uh, you know, the stupidity that was the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which screwed Lewis Hamilton out of his eighth world championship. We'll get into the Bahrain Grand Prix. Our Mercedes sandbagging is Red Bull showing what they have. Is Ferrari the, the, with the pace they've had so far in testing, uh, the team to beat? Or is McLaren, or is there somebody else that we haven't figured out yet? We're going to get into all of that. We're going to get an IndyCar, Texas. I figure Joe has a couple of uh, pieces of uh, 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 to go a little bit of stuff to go and give on that because of uh, one seven-time NASCAR champion that is a now a full-time driver, 
Uh, there is stuff in regards to the track as well, because it is one of the worst tracks on planet Earth. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think one of our episodes we named, I think, was Texas Motor Speedway sucks or is, is, is T Texas Motor Speedway is shit or something, because it is. Um, not just because Eddie Goosage was overrated, but because the track is just got awful. Um, we're going to get into that. The Indy cars, Texas, along with the picks. We'll do 12 hours of Sebring and then the 1,000 kilometer uh, at Sebring. So the WEC and, of course, IMSA will be back. And the Indy cars racing this weekend is going to screw a lot of those guys who race in IMSA too, which is stupid. Um, it was a terrible job by IndyCar in regards to scheduling. Talk about the Gator Nationals, which um, one Anthony Wayne Stewart was at uh, at Gainesville watching Matt Hagen win the team their first funny car race, and he was there. And then thirty minutes later, what we're about to discuss took place too. So get into NFL free agency. Josh's Jacksonville Jaguars have been quite busy in uh, their. Uh, Trent Balky, um looking for those ACLs um, and whatever else he's going to do. Um, Doug Peterson sitting there wandering aimlessly looking to go and do a Philly special again. Um, while my Niners signed Traverius Ward, it sounds like Jimmy G is going to at least, I mean, he's going to be around for a few more days. Um I follow Katie Mox on Instagram mainly because, well, not only because she's hot, but she's a 49ers fan and she's um, she's on MSG, which is a local channel here in, in uh, the tri-state area. And um, she was, made a post about Jimmy G about where it's like, oh, we talked, it's like I talked about how he's going to end up being here after the new year started, NFL year. He is. And things are, I mean, a lot of us in the fan base are kind of worried that he might still be here uh, way longer than that. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into Josh's Sim segment, and then we'll close the deal. So, yeah, uh, Phoenix, the Ruoff Mortgage 500 at Phoenix Raceway, a uh, track that used to be Phoenix International Raceway, had an actual dog leg, had grass, um, had an actual pit road not whatever this monstrosity of crap that they've made. But now I actually have to like this racetrack. It's it's funny. I used to love this racetrack. It was great for open wheels, great to add to Copper Classic, all this stuff. They have ruined this racetrack um, in, in many ways. But the next-gen car, as per what we've seen so far this year, has proven to be very good at different racetracks. And Phoenix has been one of the worst racetracks with the Gen 6 car, even with the grip strip, you know, in turn in the turns, been terrible. But the Gen 7 car came through. Uh, YRB had one of the fastest pieces all weekend, qualified on pole, led the most laps. But Mike Joy uh, said that every time that it's 13 times now where Brian Blaney's led, I don't know how many laps. And he has 0 for 13, which is scary because um, people want to talk about, uh, you know, YRB and like Alex Bowman. That whole conversation came up after Bowman won a couple weeks ago. And if like you look at Ryan Blaney as like Hall of Fame caliber 
if dude had closed those those wins and he'd be at he'd be at 20 20 wins is ridiculous that's kind of in the same level as Johnson smoke Gordon you know early in their career um instead he has seven which is still good uh but he probably had a car that could have won you know Clyde had a car that could have won and uh wasn't able to pull it off but Chase Briscoe um, got track position of 14 pit crew. One of the only good things that was there last year was that pit crew when he had chances to be in a position to be competitive, which were very few, were few and far between. That pit crew came through, and um, they're the old 10 crew uh, because Klossmeyer and them moved over. I've been very critical about Johnny Klossmeyer and, and what he's done, but on Sunday, he did a good job. And he gave Chase Briscoe a piece because they had a top five car and they had a fast car in practice, fast car in qualifying. And to see him leading and lead over 100 laps and get the SHR their first win of the year, and it's a, they, they won one race last year. So to win this early in the year, get yourself set for um, you know the playoffs, winning at a track, which is going to be the closer. There's so many things before we get into my own personal fandom and all that. But um, I'm going to throw to you, Josh, first, and then, of course, Joe, and then I'll I'll finish out here in regards to what we saw on Sunday at Phoenix, which was a great day. The 200th winner in the NASCAR Cup Series is Chase Briscoe and uh, historic day. For him, historic day for uh, for Stuart Haas Racing. He's actually tied, based on playoff standings, he's actually tied with Kyle Larson in points, um, but he's only 10 points behind Joey Logano right now in regards to the um, overall points lead. So that's a pretty big deal there. Led, he got stage points. He won, he led 101 laps. So second most laps led and gets his first career win. Ross Chastain was second. Tyler Reddick was third. They had a late restart. They had a couple of late restarts. And Briscoe had to hold off a bunch of people, but he did it. Blaney finished fourth. Kurt Busch finished fifth. Uh, people who hate Bubba Walls were bragging about that. Kevin Harvick finished sixth. 18th top 10 finish in a row, I think is what the stat was, which is... Earnhardt and somebody else all time and Petty. Okay. Yeah. So two of the goats and, uh, Kyle Bush. And thank you for that, Joe, Kyle Bush, Joey Logano, Daniel Suarez, giving, uh, Armando and, uh, Justin, a top two top, uh, both our cars in the top 10 and Chris Busher in, uh, the 17 car actually finished 10th Clyde who led for 50 laps had, Great stage finishes, finished 11th. Uh, Eric Almirola's top 10 streak ended, but he finished 12th, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, Byron won one stage and uh, finished 18th. Blaney won the second stage. I'm trying to look through here. Kyle Larson blew up, but it doesn't matter. He won, so it really doesn't matter. It's one of the great things about the chase that um, you could basically shit the bed. Uh, for most of the season or be Michael McDowell and run over uh, a couple of people back to where 
winning the biggest race of the year and then run 28th in points and still make the playoffs. Uh, Josh, I'll throw to you first in regards to this day. Um, Chase Briscoe's first win in his 40th start and a bunch of guys behind him that were hungry for their first win as well and might be on the precipice of getting there the way that they've been running this season. Yeah, a lot of great points there, man. Uh, I mean, Blaney having to close. I mean, Joe, you are you know these stats inside and out. You know the sport. Um, it kind of reminds I, – I always said it, like I've said it other times before when you've been on, but it kind of reminds me of the old days for me when I was really into this deal, um, how deep – like all – I mean, I the knowledge of history I'm still good with. But, like, right now, like, understanding all this stuff, like, I know you got a lot in regards to what uh, went down on Sunday, um, minus my drunkenness, um, you know, after I bowled uh, practice at uh, Majestic, where I'm going to be bowling in a couple months' time for the state tournament. And uh, I I had a couple of uh, pictures of uh, Brad's uh, former sponsor, uh, while Brad went and drove like shit because they don't have a flat track or short track program at uh, RFK, even though the uh, Busher finished 10th. Um, I mean, Blaney, I, I think that's a big piece. You know, yeah, of course, you know, for me personally, I mean, I'm a Blaney. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been I've always followed him. He's a the top four guys all drove for Brad Keselowski's truck team. Um, and had various degrees of success or whatever. Um, Briscoe won one race. Chastain had a run there, did all right. Reddick, of course, um, basically ended um, uh, Austin Terrio's career and then ended up going and winning a couple of races, uh, which ended up leading to his very successful Xfinity career. And then, um, of course, YRB, I got to watch him live. I mean, you've been at Pocono I think, and I've been. At, I was at Pocono when he won. Uh, when uh, and I was in the in the well, not the or what the cup race or the truck race, the truck race in twenty. Yeah, I think it was Kyle Busch. That was Kyle Busch. I thought. Yeah, I it was Kyle Busch. That that's what made it even better. Um, when and he won number ninety nine for the Wood Brothers. But I was there um, as a journo, like you are. I was in the press the media center. When and I was on pit road actually, a couple pits away from Blaney's pit. When and it was right there next to Victory Lane or close to Victory Lane. And they have the cones and the security. You're like, oh, you got to get out of the way. I'm like, no, I'm trying to get the shot. And I have my camera, I'm trying to take shots. Um, and my old friend was across the way at the because he always sits on the start finish line, so he was literally across the way. And then, like, the next day or like whatever the next day I was over there going and uh, watching the race. But the, um, yeah, Blaney, I was there when he won that truck race uh, for Brad and that was cool. And I'm sure you're going to be able to get some experiences here this year, um, both at Pocono and Dover. But um, what were your thoughts on Sunday's race? He's legitimately the most popular driver in the sport based on, because they don't bake the stats like they do for Clyde, but. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Or best finish of his career at that point. I wanted to do two. I'm doing two Ken Schrader thumbs ups for you just because you've done that twice already. So all great points as always, man. Uh, I do. I mean, even though our show is named in part 
based on that stuff, um, the sticky stuff, the grip strip, the uh, PJ one, the there's other the terms. Uh, my old friend said grip cum. Uh, the the fact of the matter is, it doesn't really. It's it's kind it's stupid. I mean, it makes it it works in NHRA. I get why they do it in NHRA because you're talking about eleven thousand horsepower. You're talking about six hundred horsepower now in a cup car. It's not like they're putting out nine hundred plus like they used to back in the Gen four era or even in the Gen five era. But when it comes to this race, I mean, for me personally, I mean, we talked about this off air. I lost my shit the same way as I lost my shit when Tony Stewart won his last race. Um, I was I was quite um, well served um, by that point. Um, and the fact of the matter, I don't care. Um, I had plenty of sushi from my local sushi spot. So I was trying to eat and drink responsibly um, even with that. Uh, I was, uh, I, I went into that club and Briscoe, I, I remember walking into the club last year at Nat, when Nashville was going on and he was running in the top five and he blew a tire and they're all laughing at me. Well, they might've been laughing at me, but God dang it. He won that race. And, uh, that team, they gave him a car. They've been giving him cars that are competitive every week. Briscoe is always proven over time or generally proven over time. He learns that first year is kind of a learning year. I mean, he only had one year in ARCA. I mean, he had a few races in ARCA and then he had one full year in ARCA for Cunningham Motorsports and he destroyed. He had one year in a truck and the final race that the team existed, he won at Homestead. He ran that first year. He was part of that disaster area, which was a 60 Xfinity car at Roush Racing, and as both uh, both my uh, my co-host and my guest have mentioned, one guy just won the Daytona 500, and he's, co- he, uh, he's an Xfinity champion. It possibly could have been two-time Xfinity champion, and he's got lifetime membership at Penske anyway. But you have, and then Briscoe just won, and now, uh, and you talk about Ty Majeski, won, and he's and he won the Rattler 400 in a super late model because Ty Majeski does that sort of stuff. So, I mean, time that's the whole point. All three guys, those are the three guys in that car. They couldn't keep the car out of the wall, but they're three of the best drivers that are in a stock car right now. Uh, so there's something to say about that. Briscoe's story from being on couches and volunteering to – not being able to, like, you literally eaten dollar menu to getting that call from Clayton Cunningham to go and run to where he is now. Um, Martinboro, Menboro, I can't even, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, the highpoint.com guy from here in New Jersey. They used to sponsor Rutgers Stadium before it became SHI. Uh, every time he tweets, I try to go and post a tweet because I, if it wasn't for him, and, you know, of course, Ford performance and all that. But really, high points, the reason why Briscoe's in the Cup Series, uh, because Tony wouldn't have been able to move him up. Uh, and he would have kept that douchebag, um, uh, Clint Boyer, in there to go and drive around 25th like he was doing anyway. And like a puppet head, like he his former owner, um, Michael Waltrip. But back to the matter is he got a sponsor. And he was able to drive 
but I didn't really like the whole crew chief situation. I wanted them to bring Boswell up. I still, I mean, granted, they won last week. I still think if they brought Boswell up and they put they put uh, Klaus Meyer with that puppet head, uh, Riley Herbst, you could literally put a freaking broom with Riley Herbst. He'll still be Riley Herbst. It doesn't really matter. Put a crew chief that could win with Chase Briscoe with him. He won nine races with him. They they shit the bed at Phoenix, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, to be fair, that was the that was Sindrick. Sindrick in the second half of that season was the better driver. So I don't really blame uh, him or Boswell or whatever. I I think that's a good combination. You're supposed to keep those combinations, and it's funny that they didn't move that with Tony knowing that Zippy was his guy. Um, but for whatever it is. The pit crew team, that drive, it was meaningful. Uh, it was emotional for me. Uh, 40 races uh, for his first win, but he got one. Uh, it means a lot in this sport to win a race. And, in, and and I'm just saying this as a fan. I'm not even talking about being the person that just did that. It has so much meaning. You're in the all-star race. You're, you're, you're big time. He, his son that, you know, for all the stuff him and, and Marissa have had to go through to have a kid. I mean, he's he's a like, that's the thing. Like if like my th- whole thing is like, if you can figure out a way to not like him, you're a horrible person. There's really nothing like he there's he's like, you know, like Eddie has like, he's like a uh, freaking roid rage, except without the roid rage which is Carl Edwards, you know, like he's like Eddie Haskell. There's like, what the hell are you going to say? He's like Richie Cunningham. That, that, that That's what it is. He's got the receding hairline, the whole bit. He's like 20 something years old and he's got a worse hairline than I do. I mean, he's got to call LeBron James or something, get, get that one, two way back to bring that thing all the way back towards his like eyebrows. I don't think the wife wants to do that, but you know, Whatever. I mean, his his kid has a good salad, so um, that's that's promising. But I don't know how well how long that's going to last. But the reality is, Mahindra Indian Company coming to NASCAR after being involved in Formula E, of course, um, to be in in NASCAR and be the major sponsor and sponsor the majority of this year, um, and the they they are so invested in him. And they are connecting, and they're making the, the the Mahindra family literally tweeting Chase. You don't see that with other sponsors, as you guys have mentioned. I mean, it's 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 awesome, but it's literally with him. And I maybe it's because I'm you know I'm a fan. I'm a diehard fan. It's it's disturbing how much crap I have of his, and it's and I'm not even the kind of people other fans that have every car. There are people that have every car he's made and custom. They've done customs. I'm like, I wish I had that kind of money. I don't have that. If there's merch that I kind of like and I want to go, in, I'm buying it. It's that whole Earnhardt thing. But the point is, it's Chase Briscoe, so nobody cares because like he's like a ten. He's like you're gonna have like five to ten percent of the or like five percent of the fan base. Like when it's Earnhardt or Clyde, you're gonna have like fifty percent of the fan base. But you know, it was it was unbelievable. I, I mean, it's it's so cool. He he drives for his hero. It was other than his dad, who was a racer too, who also raced against Tony Stewart. 
his racing heroes, Tony Stewart. He wore a freaking Home Depot uniform, like his 1999 rookie uniform when Tony Stewart was thin. The last time he probably was thin. And, um, well, he, he stopped being thin after, like, he won his first championship. Yeah. He started putting on weight after that first championship in 2002. Well, that and almost getting fired. But, uh, you know, to drive the 14 car, which is connected to not only Smoke, but AJ Foyt. Going and driving for a new sponsor. Dri- like, I mean, the fact is Josh and, and Joe got to enjoy me losing my crap. And um, if you don't get that fact that it, it means a lot to me, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, not only as a racing fan, but somebody who just loves the sport. And I root for Chase is my kind of guy. Um, came from, you know, having, to, he's a grinder. Uh, I mean, there's there's passion. Like passion is a word that fits me. That's my word. There, there's one word that describes me in my life. It's passion. But then if there's a second word, it's grinder. Uh, they use that for, you know, work and life and all. And like Michael Mizraki, the great poker player, they call him the grinder, but. I don't know how you can call him a grinder when he's won as much money as he has. But the reality of the world is you, you know, you put yourself in positions, you do the right thing, you do what you have to do, and it'll and it'll come off. And that's what it's supposed to be. That's what you would think life's supposed to be. Well, Chase Briscoe's an example of that. And for all the people involved with him, it's uh, unbelievable to be a fan to celebrate a first win, first wins are just cool. Um, and it doesn't happen all that often anymore when you have the kind of people that win all the time, like Larson and, and uh, you know, Kyle Bush or Truex or Elliot or, you know, whatever else, or Logano or whoever. It doesn't happen often. Winning in the Cup Series means a lot. And so, yeah, I mean... Oh, it was it was definitely stressful for me, and I was a way deep um, in uh, lubricated. I was I was very well lubricated, um, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was stressing, but those restarts and then freaking Eric Jones going and spinning out again, which is his thing now, I guess, going and spinning out late and causing him cautions. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is, but. It that uh, that last caution I thought was going to be a problem, but Briscoe came around and got it. So, all right, we we got a cup win. I don't have to stress out about that no more. I can go and relax the rest of this season because uh, you don't have to jack shit the rest of this year. I mean, you can you can win stages. That's what it is. Now you just have to start going for stage wins and stage points and. All that, like you, you do well the first two stages, gain those points, and then you can shit the bed afterwards. And it, it really, the points don't really go that bad. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, yeah, I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah, and he's a good road racer. I mean, he's not at the level of Austin Sindrick, his buddy. But the fact of the matter is, they both have that similar experience. It goes back to the point you made earlier, Joe where they have that experience in GT3, GT4 equipment. You know, Briscoe had to kind of piece together 
a situation there a few years ago and he was running road racing a lot and he was also racing on ovals driving that 60 car but then he also drove the 98 car which was his connection to stay at Stuart Haas and then of course High Point came through to save him and keep him on the grid along with Ford Performance Racing School and all but he's a good road racer obviously Indy Road Course showed that that was the best one of the best races he had all year last year and he finished like 25th the fact of the matter is he wasn't a 25th place car that weekend um so there there's he's he's proven himself as a guy who didn't come from pavement he was a dirt guy and he's still learning uh, that's one thing people may not understand he hasn't spent a whole lot of time in his racing career on pavement he's a dirt guy his dad was a dirt guy uh, tony was a dirt guy first before he became a pavement guy and so he's still learning and this car fits suits him very well and uh as you both have mentioned i think this car is an equalizer and it has been an equalizer and it's given new opportunity to new people and for chase to continue the success i think is is not out of the realm uh you know obviously of course it two years ago it was covid time coming back um, you know, Marissa and Chase lost the baby and then he goes and he's crying for like 80 laps and he beats Kyle Busch. And that set off a chain that he won nine races. And those nine wins were the reason. And he said he needed to win like, what, seven or eight races and he did it. And that was the reason why not only High Point, but Tony said, we're propping you up, man. We're going to give you that upgrade. Um it was a tough year last year, and it's not not every rookie is going to have a Tony Stewart rookie year or a Jimmy Johnson rookie year. And and in recent times, as Joe mentioned, you know, like being a rookie is not easy in this sport, and um, to go and have to go and compete against the best is very tough. I think the Gen Six car, like you both said, like. I wasn't a fan. I wouldn't. I mean, I really didn't care. Like the Gen Five car, once they put the spoiler back on, wasn't bad, but it wasn't great because I had no identification. Gen Six car sucked. Um, this car, though, has a lot of potential. Um, as we, you know, right now, we'll see because we haven't gone into the real deep dive once Hendrick and Gibbs and Penske and hopefully Stuart Haas, they go and start doing whatever development they can do. We'll see where the sport goes, but some of the smaller teams are able to compete. Uh, the RCRs of the world, the RCRs group has been great so far this year amongst not only themselves, but their customers. And, um, and you know, that's, that's something we'll see as we move along. Uh, let me go over here. Uh, you know, we talked about YRB. We talked about Ross Chastain. Um, we will uh, switch over to the Xfinity uh, series at uh, Phoenix, which was definitely not as exciting um, and was uh, pretty mediocre. Uh, the United Rentals 200. United Rentals 200 saw Noah Gagson win, uh, led the most laps, 114. Uh, gets basically the max near maximum um, 
can get 60 points, uh, I think is a maximum, and he got 59. So as Kevin Williams just won his first career PBA Tour title, so that means the house has won three of the four shows during the World Series of Bowling. So that's going to be cool on YouTube as the bowling fan that I am. Um, Gagson, Bruckshot Jones, Josh Berry, Trevor Bain, John Hunter, the top five, Ty Gibbs, and John Hunter is going to be running a few races in the 18 car, so that'll be good for him. Ty Gibbs, Almendinger, Hemrick, Castle, Allgaier, your top 10. Um, I mean, that's not too shocking, really. Uh, Sam Mayer got stage points. That was the only thing. Basically, this whole entire group was your top 10 outside of Sam Mayer not being able to finish it off. Uh, I'm going to go to you, uh, Joe, first in regards to Xfinity. And, um, yeah, Gagson goes and gets a win. It's uh, superb for him and his mullet and uh, whatever his, his amazing fan base that really is into whatever the hell Noah Gregson's about. He's got a great personality. He's also a tool. Um, but, um, yeah, let us know uh, what you thought about that race. I mean, it was really dominated. You talked about it. We talked about it offline where um, the big the big t- teams, the big th- three really in Xfinity, which is – you know, Junior Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, and uh, colleague were all up there, and that was that was really what it was, and that's what the series is going to be this year, um, unless you know, like John Hunter driving for Sam Hunt, which supposedly has like a lot of support from Joe Gibbs Racing, which I didn't know about until they said that they made a big comment about that on on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's going to be about the big three teams there in the Xfinity Series uh, this year. So what were your thoughts on Gregson's uh, win there at Phoenix? Yeah, I figure Atlanta will be a little bit more interesting for uh, many reasons. While my printer goes off right now, which is just convenient while we do a podcast. Um, but in regards to Phoenix and and... What happened there, Gagson? Uh, and you, I, I mean, you made the Elliot Sadler 2.0 comment with Allgaier, but at least Allgaier, I mean, Allgaier has douchey characteristics, but he's not as much of a douche, and he's not an inbred. And um, and he also wasn't responsible for having that, what the hell's that idiot that's on door bumper clear um, that works for colleague. Um, you know, what the hell's that spotter name? Yeah, him. Block blocking master himself, freaking idiot! Uh, my goodness, like you want to talk about a guy who's softer than Orangeade? Like, geez, like you're like a third-rate spotter who's who's like licks Mac colleague's ass, and you're and you're gonna block everybody? Like, go fuck yourself, bro! Like, at least Freddie Kraft has had to deal with shit because he's Bubba's spotter, and that alone. And he's friends with Baba, so the fact is, oh, he's a freaking black guy. He's not that good. Oh, like, for Christ's sake, at least I, 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 I feel I, like Freddie's had to go through shit, and he's a good dude, though. I mean, he's a nutbag, too, and I think I would love to have 
go and drink with him, I'd probably die. But it would be fun. It would be the way to go. It would be, be a way to go out. Um, because um, cause I definitely don't want to go out with Brett Griffin. He'd probably go and murder me before it ever happened. Um, he seems like the kind of guy to be a January 6th-er. Um, I said it. And um, what the... Uh, why am I forgetting the other guy? He's Brad's uh, spotter, and he's your guy's spotter. He, uh, yeah, TJ Majors. TJ Majors, who has a personality of Driftwood, which is great. Um, he is a Buffalo. He's a, he's a, a Northeast guy. Uh, he's funny. I, 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 I get a kick out of TJ Majors. So I do like Door Bumper Clear even though I don't care for Brett Griffin, uh, mainly because they have a hot chick that hosts it, whether it's um, uh, whatever, uh, Chad Boat's wife, I'm forgetting what her, hell, or what her first name is, or Hannah Newhouse, who used to drive race cars, and is um, the future wife of, uh, of um, uh, why am I, why am I, now I'm, I'm freaking, uh, Dylan Welsh, yeah, Dylan Welsh, who should probably take over for his dad because his dad sucks. Not only at announcing, but life. But um, that's beside the point. What do you think about the Xfinity race there, Josh? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from that one. Three years in hibernation. Yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, honestly, I, I agree with you, Josh, in regards to being able to jump in the 18 or the 54 car. I'm getting in the best shape I've been in my life, I think. I, I think I could probably get a top 10 finish in an Xfinity car for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, I would also say that for a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, um, too. I mean, it's Toyota. I mean, what they they make the rules. They make the rules for Toyota anyway. I could, I, I honest to God, I could get in a, a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck and finish in top 10. I really believe that. I'm not so sure about the Xfinity series because they're a little more competitive, but... The truck series is definitely not that competitive, and, and it's kind of a clusterfuck. I really think I could get a top 10 in a truck. I, I'll just take the top 10 in a truck and get, like, the $2,500 that you get for, like, finishing 10th in a truck series race. And I'll take, like, the $500 for racing when you pay, like, probably 2500 to even get in a race or whatever the hell. I don't even know what the money is because there's no money in the truck series or the X-Men series, which is hilarious. Um but yeah, uh, Gagson's going to be in the 16 car because of daddy's money, even though his dad's a murderer. And, um, you know, the, the whole bit with that, you know, AJ Allmendinger has been in that car. But Daniel Hemrick, uh, defending Xfinity champ, kind of been quiet. Nothing made. I mean, he won both stages at Daytona, got himself a good point stay there, but didn't get the finish he wanted because of getting involved in multiple wrecks. Um, since then, he's kind of just been quiet. Then there's Daniel Hemrick. I mean, he is quiet. Other than being elbows up, like uh, his two buddies, Blaney and Bubba, did in that famous video, um, which they still don't have camera. I want, they, they always put the camera in the 11 cars. So I want to see how Daniel Hemrick actually, I never see that. I want to see him with the elbows up, and then I'd lose my crap. Not to the same levels when my drivers win, but the fact is I'd be dying laughing because that his two of his best friends literally did that about 10 years ago or not 10 years ago, like six years ago too, or Snapchat or yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Snapchat. Yeah. I never got on. Yeah. I never, I never got into Snapchat. So I, 
I would not know, but they did. Um, yeah, Gaxon going and winning a race, whatever. I mean, how many years he's been in that damn car and he wins races? I mean, no, it's been like three or four years. It's it's like two years longer than it should have been um, if he had any talent. Um, but the fact is Johnny Morris, for some reason, wants to sponsor him. That's part of it. And then some other companies want to sponsor him, too. And they probably like the mullet and the fact he's a ball licker. Um, it is what it is. Uh, he, his checks seem to clear. Um, it's probably likely he's going to have a cup ride eventually. I'm kind of hoping Hem- or Hemrick gets that second car next year because I think he's more suited to cup than he is an Xfinity car. Even with the way the cars are right now, I do think that the cup series car currently suits him better based on what he's been doing so far this year in the cup car. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, I figure we can, because I really don't, I, I don't give a shit. I literally turned the TV off once that asshole. And so I, I don't really care. Um, I mean, Josh Berry, the one thing I'll say is Josh Berry, uh, who is, I think I picked him a few weeks ago for the championship. Um, I mean, Ty Gibbs, I mean, Ty Gibbs is a tool. Uh, he's going to get one of the rides. He's probably get the 11 car or the 19 car next year, or he'll get the 19 car next year, no matter what he does. Um, cause he's grandpa's money, but he doesn't understand how to drive, uh, properly. And he's going to get wrecked a lot. Um, once there's a, once they had, don't have part shortages, Ty Gibbs is going to be uh, using up some rear clips the way Jeff Gordon used up rear clips uh, in 1993 um, because he's going to have to learn how to how to drive. Um, and then when it comes to like Sam Mayer, he's the same kind of kid. Both of them are like rivals. They've dealt with a lot in in the whatever trucks and K and N and ARCA, but. He's another guy that's going to get learned. Uh, his dad was a failure in IndyCar or IRL or whatever and then made money in business somehow. So now he's a daddy's money guy too. So whatever. I mean, he has good talent. He's a good driver. He did <laughs> to go and jump in a truck, win in a truck, and then go and win in a K&N car right after that. I mean, even if he's a dweeb, uh, there there is some level of talent that comes with doing that. Uh let me see here. Who else kind of, you know, those are all lap down cars. There are only 10 cars on the lead lap. Uh, Creed finished 14th. Ryan Ellis finished 16th for Alpha Prime. Austin Hill, who won at Daytona, finished 17th. Um, trying to see through some of that. Nick Sanchez made his Xfinity debut, uh, finished 26th. And speaking of wastes of seats, Joe Graff Jr., there, Jersey guy, of course, twenty uh, seventh, and Parker Retzlaff, who had a great qualifying run. I racer for uh, Josh, top ten for RSS racing qualifying run, and definitely looked like a nerd. And his voice and interview. I mean, Jamie Little didn't know what to do because she didn't know how to find RSS racing in the garage area. So that was hilarious. And then trying to interview a guy that had no personality was even better. 
but uh, unfortunate the result for him. Fuel pump issue knocked him out. That's uh, Xfinity. So let's um, get into Atlanta. Uh, new track, first time, as I said, since 97 with a resurface. Um, but And not only that, they've reconfigured the track. So, Joe, I know you have plenty of uh, thoughts and uh, comments in regards to the new Atlanta Motor Speedway, SMI's latest uh, gimmick in here to try to make the ra- make the air quote racing better. End quote. We're gonna have to make predictions here in a second. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to think about it um, before I give my thoughts on Atlanta. Uh, Josh. Uh, what are you thinking in regards to this new racetrack? I, I'm not sure if you've been able to race on it on your end, but um, yeah. So what are you thinking in regards to, yeah, the super speedway package with the gen seven, the next gen car, and then what we'll have on this triple header weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I look at this weekend, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, destruction. There's going to be a lot of uh, wrecked vehicles with the way this track is configured, not just because of the likelihood of what you guys have said with pack racing, but because of the tire. Um, whenever there's a new track or a new configuration with a brand new tire, Badger is proven to not be able to respond to that. Um, they either make a rock-hard tire that won't wear out and then will just blow, or they're going to make it too soft and then it'll blow out because there's too much heat because of the pavement. So that's my fear. Um, And Atlanta has a history over time of massive wrecks that have maimed drivers, that have left drivers injured. So there's a concern there. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure what we're going to see in the cup race, but what it could be like Las Vegas, honestly, because Las Vegas, they made it kind of in this bandbox track very tight you know they don't have the double yellow line but you can kind of have it's kind of like a band box it's what led to um i one of the many reasons why um dan weldon isn't here anymore probably because those dollar toilets 34 of them were all together and led to what happened there i don't think it'll be as bad it won't be like carl edwards going and hooking brad in the middle of the straightaway in 2010 but the racing is going to be tight. It's going to be close, I would think. Um, I it With extra practice at Atlanta, it could open things up to some of the other drivers. It could open some something up to the veterans. Um, you guys mentioned, you know, the veterans that may have not uh, had the greatest start to the year. Um, the extra practice time might work out for them. It also might work out for those young young guys that haven't had as much experience in the Cup Series with this new car. I think it's a wide-open race, honestly, the Cup Series race. And it's that's nice to know. Um, 37 cars, so everybody's going to make the show. Biffles in the 44, the only open car that'll be in the race. Everybody else is in Gagton. Uh in the 16, Balicki in the 77. Otherwise, the usual suspects here in the Cup Series field. Uh, they said Blaney is the betting favorite, I think, here. 
Um, I'm going to announce this. Jay Ski has the post from College Racing with the the 31 car and the 38 car both lost their appeals, which isn't shocking. Um, that's a four race suspension for both for the crew chief and what is it? The yeah, the wheel lost the wheel. Yeah, if you lose a wheel with this with this new car. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose your crew chief and the tire changer and the tire carrier for four races. Let's just put it out there. That's what's gonna happen. Um, in regards to picks, I'll start it. In regards for the Cup Series, at Atlanta, Folds of Honor, Quick Trip, five hundred. I will go with. Hmm, I'm gonna go with uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, Start of season hasn't been the greatest, but uh, he's he 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 won both stages at Daytona and didn't have the finish he wanted. But I think this is his kind of track, even with the way, even with the changes. Him and James Small have extra practice; they'll be able to go out there and get that W. Uh, my wild card selection. I mean, it's it's hard to say it's a wild card selection because we mentioned this earlier in the race or earlier in the show. Um, I'm going to go and pick Tyler Reddick to get his first career win. I think it's a op- opportunity race to go and get that first career win. Uh, so uh, Truex and Reddick are my choices. How about you, Josh? Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, it, it has been, yeah. The point is, well, yeah, the point is the video feed now is all on Josh to get it out there on YouTube. You can go because it's on my before when we were on Zoom, uh, it was on my personal YouTube page. But the fact of the matter is now that uh, Josh is in control, he's in control of the video, Baba Booey, because the way that I post this show at times, I'm like a Baba Booey. Uh, I'm the executive producer and so I'm, the audio is on me, but the video is on Josh. So I'm pretty sure he'll get it out, um, way before me. Uh, Joe, what are your picks in regards to the cup series race? I, I gave you plenty of time and we've had plenty of time to, um, oh, we just offended a bunch of people. We went with the chase Elliott. Uh, deal there to go and get the get the William Clyde Elliott fan base and change it out. Two people and pick uh, Bubba Wallace uh, as the dark horse pick. I mean, I should have done it. I mean, for us, it's good. I, I, I'm just talking about our reach for whatever the hell our reach is. Since I'm, I'm a freaking Bubba Walls guy, I, I'm a fan. I've been a fan from when he was a fan. And so, um, there, I think there's a lot of validity to that pick. Um, in regards to, um, in regards to the, um, Xfinity series here, up here, the Xfinity series race and so in regards to the Xfinity series race, um, I'm going to go and go to you, Joe, first. Uh, for that, uh, let us know who you're looking at. Larry. About that, there. Um, trying to go and got too many pages going on here. 
the Xfinity Series picks. Let's go. Um, I'm going to go and pick Trevor Bean. Why not? I'll, I'll go and get out there, go on the win, uh, pick Trevor Bean. It's uh, somewhat of a local. That's one of his local closest hits that he's going to get. I mean, he'd probably run natural super speedway. Uh, but for him to win, it would be a good win for him. In regards to a wild card choice, 43 drivers, 38 spots. So there will be some people getting bumped. I think the there there will be a lot of nervous people between the Jesse Ruji, Laura Sensimans, Brennan Poole contingent for the people that are fans of all of them. Dylan Bassett, another one. Those are a few people that will have to probably sweat to go and make this race. The MBM team doesn't have a driver at least listed on the um, entry blank a couple days ago uh, in the 13 car and then the 44 car didn't have a driver a couple days ago. I'm not sure what has changed or who has been put into those. But in regards to a wild card pick, I'm going to go and say Sheldon Creed. And he, him and Jeff Stankiewicz have won in ARCA. They've won in trucks. And they've struggled so far this year in the wheeling of Chevrolet number two. But this is an opportunity. So one of the longer races that they have in the Xfinity Series. And they'll have a couple of chances to adjust. So this might be an opportunity for them to go and get that uh, first win here in the Xfinity Series. Truck Series race, um, which will happen earlier in the day at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway, the FR8-2R-208. That's interesting race distance which will give 36 trucks for i think that's what 36 for 30 32 is that what that is in the truck series or is it 36 for 36 okay so all right thank you for that um niece is gonna run a truck for ross Chastain. why not he's probably the best driver niece has ever had uh he'll be running at number 41 truck uh brennan pools running for LCD racing, I mean G2G racing. Um, then uh, we have the other people there. I, I mean, I, I mean, we already have had this on the show. Wallace sounds the greatest thing ever. Um, people don't know how the hell that's an actual name. Yeah, I don't know how either. But uh, the 20 Youngs Motorsports team didn't have a driver listed. Ryan Priest is in this race. I'm gonna go and pick Ryan Priest to win. Uh, cup experience is a main reason why um, he was close uh, a couple weeks ago in um, Vegas. I think he goes and finishes the job uh, this coming weekend at Atlanta. Uh, in regards to a truck series regular who I think would be the best chance to win, uh, that's a good one. That's a good question. Honestly. Uh, I will go and say... I'll go and say Grant Enfield. So, um, because he, he's solid, the, the GMS team, they're kind of the same way as Colleague is in regards to being stretching their resources. GMS is now committed to the Cup Series with two cars, and now there are only two trucks in the Truck Series, but their focus is the Cup Series. But I do think Grant Enfinger is going to be able to um, improve pose uh his ability and whatever they have there um it might be a spot here at atlanta motor speedway uh here this weekend so 
I think Ryan Priest, who's great at super speedway racing, has improved in the Cup Series when he had his previous opportunity. Uh, so it's like we'll have another opportunity here. And then uh, Grant and Victor. Um, Joe, I'll, or actually, I'll finish with you. Um, Josh, uh, who do you pick in regards to Truck Series? Sure. And it, it would make sense because they have the Cup uh, experience. They might be able to get some data over from the cup side to the truck side for whatever that might be worth. Uh, you know, there are David Dillon racing teams, so they're going to have multiple trucks. Priest and and Zane Smith are basically teammates. They may not want to say it, but that's what it is. Um, and then you have the front row motorsports with two cars going out there and having data um, as well. So there's a lot of transfer there. Zane Smith showed his strength, two-time runner-up in the uh, truck series as a full-time competitor driving the 38 car, trying to angle towards going to the Cup Series here, probably taking over McDowell's ride next year. Or, you know, of course, Todd Gillen probably goes up to that. But, you know, Lane's a 38 truck or 38 car with his sponsorship. Uh, all good picks here. Um, on that note, uh, Joe, let us know where we can follow you. Let us know where we can find your work because your knowledge and your expertise and just the breadth of knowledge or breadth of everything you give to our show uh, is a great energy here on uh, the GSP. We always appreciate your hits on here um, all the time. So where can we go and find you and get your work? Absolutely. Uh, I agree on what uh, Josh said. I mean, we, we definitely have fun. And if if we were strictly an NASCAR podcast, I think the three of us would be able to go and do a good one. But um, the fact that, well, maybe we could do a spinoff. That might be the, uh, you'd have to come up with a new name, but we could do a spinoff uh, if it works for all three of us. But the reality is for our NASCAR segment, I think you are our guy. And uh, as a local guy for me, uh, I always appreciate that. We need to go and hang out on some. We need to go hang out and watch a race together. That's what we need. Um, same way as I met the barrier. Um, and uh, that was, we met on social media the same way. Got to hanging out, BS and doing a thing. But, I mean, the passion, the knowledge, what it is. Uh, thank you for that. Go and look at Beyond the Flag, fan-sided. Go and follow Pacero Jr. on Twitter. Uh, my man, Joe. He's going to be out there this year covering some races. I figure Pocono is definitely happening. I don't know about Dover, but um, you'll be there at Pocono. Um, it's, it's a great experience there. It's one of the best uh, places to go and cover races. That's why I buy this. But, you know, I got to cover NASCAR and IndyCar there. Um, they have great people. Uh, it's very, very fan-friendly. So. Uh, looking forward to that. I'm pretty sure we're going to have you on here before uh, your hit at Pocono. We might go and give you a little. I, I'm sure we'll have plenty of hits here because it is March and it's July by the time you get to Pocono. So you'll probably be on here a few more times uh, before that. But uh, thanks a lot, man, for uh, coming on again to the GSP and invited um, whenever there's interesting action when it doesn't involve me getting loaded and my favorite truck coverage. So, yeah, where we've 
we've ran plenty along here. Uh, so uh, thanks, Joe. I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about Jimmy Johnson, the ovals here uh, in IndyCar and here shortly. But, Josh, I'm going to throw to you. In regards to our Formula One, it's 2022, brand new season, uh, brand new cars here in Formula One, first time since 2014. And initial pace shows certain teams that haven't been up there in a while are up there. But, you know, our Mercedes sandbagging, I mean, Racer.com put it out there, Chris Medlin. Uh, is Red Bull? I I would venture to say is Red Bull sandbagging. Uh, with their with their car. Um, or what are we seeing here? What are we gonna see here? We're gonna have two races in a row. We're gonna have Bahrain this week, and then we're gonna have Saudi. Um, the shitty Jeddah circuit that they had last year, which had plenty of controversy and increased my blood pressure. Uh, very high. In regards to some of the shit that happened in that race, uh, that'll be the first two races of the year. Um, what are we supposed to expect here? Can Lewis Hamilton go out there and do what he did last year when Mercedes didn't have any pace? They got destroyed in qualifying, but he beat Max Verstappen. Or is Max Verstappen going to go out there and uh, win at the get that Bahrain win that he's looking for to start his uh, title defense? Or are, am I missing something here? Am I, are we talking about Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc? Or I don't know, maybe it's somebody else. What do you think in regards to um, this weekend and what we, to, at least the start of this uh, longest season of Formula in Formula One uh, history? Yeah, I mean, with this race... I mean, Mercedes for all these years is kind of, I mean, some years they've had the pace right from testing and some years they haven't. Uh, they didn't have it last year, but Lewis won the first race. I think as much as anything, Lewis is in a position that he wants to go and get that eighth championship. And he's going to do whatever he has to do. He can take his Bob's made name. Hopefully that's going to come up. Or you be Sir Lewis Hamilton, whatever the hell, at some point this year. Um, maybe this year, maybe he won't. Who knows? Uh, but he he wants to go out there and, and put something up there. Uh, when you consider this racetrack, Bahrain, George Russell made his debut for Mercedes at this track, albeit the outer circuit, and was the best driver on race day and should have won his first career race. Theoretically, he probably should have two Grand Prix about the, and Belgium, three laps in Belgium, and he had qualified on pole, and, or second, he would have won his uh, first career race there, because, of course, his buddy Lando Norris crashed out of qualifying um, at the top of the pole. <laughs> or so, I guess, if um, uh, George Russell was able to start in second. He might have two wins right now, but he said he has none, but he's now in the Mercedes. Um, as you said, in regards to what is he going to do, can he go and challenge Lewis Hamilton? He will at times this year. may not be the whole year, but he's going to be a better challenger than uh, Valtteri was, in large part because George Russell has been built for this. And he's the kind of guy that is they, they have him there because he's the future. Um, he's going to be a future of uh, Mercedes Formula 1 for as long as they're going to be around. They have uh, Frederick Vesti, 
in the pipeline, but uh, Mercedes in general is banking on George Russell being guy, and, and I figure he will be. And as the season goes on, may not be this weekend, uh, but to me, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'll I'll hedge, and I'll hedge against my better um, against my fandom, and say that uh, for stopping gets a W this weekend. Uh, my wild card is Carlos Sainz. I think Carlos Sainz is due to have a breakout year. Uh, he's been around a while. His dad's a legend. Carlos Sainz Jr. is not a bad race car driver. And this car, the Ferrari, is a good car. Might be the best car Ferrari has put out there in a while. Uh, he could go out there and get his first career win and kind of put things on his leg. And here on Sunday, and the first race of the season, and we could have a real interesting conversation starting uh, next week on GSP uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, we the midfield battle, the McLaren Ferrari battle is one thing, but then after that, some of the other teams, Haas showed a lot of speed in testing, albeit they had some extra time, probably had ability to go and manipulate things there with their combination of uh, Mick Schumacher and Ben Magnuson. But, uh, you know, I don't know if um, if they have the pace for sure. And um, in regards to what they're able to do uh, for this race, but I do think in regards to the American um, team finally being able to go and compete for the first time in a few years, it'll be nice. To see them possibly get out of uh, get out of Q1, get into Q2, maybe have a chance to get some points. That'll be good. Uh, something that will be cool to see. Uh, Josh, what are your picks in regards to Grand Prix of Bahrain to start the 2022 Formula One World Championship? I'll. And you went. You went with uh, Charles Leclerc, and I went with Carlos Sainz as my wild card. Who do you have as a wild card? Uh, all right. That's, uh, I mean, that, I mean, hedging with George is not a bad one, uh, to be fair. Uh, we will see. We'll talk about it here on episode 106 of the GSP. We are going to transition to IndyCar. Uh, going to Texas, earliest they've ever been at Texas. Uh, it's more of a date that's closer to what NASCAR has had over their time, but instead, of course, Texas only has one regular cup date, and they have the all-star rates, unfortunately. Um, they've always been in June around what, after the Indy 500. They moved their date here this year to the second race of the season to kind of fill the gap uh, between St. Petersburg, which was a few weeks early, which would probably be around this time, or had been around this time forever, and uh, the race at Baba. And uh, so there will be the first oval race of the year will be at Texas. Of course, uh, J.R. Hildebrand will be driving the 11 car for uh, A.J. Foyt. Uh, trying to go into Pato or open the future. Out. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. That's something we got to look at in regards to Pato Award trying to go an angle towards Formula One or angle towards having some other options in regards to his uh, future. But in regards to the IndyCar series, um, I need to go and bring up in regards to IndyCar.com. 
afterwards websites ever um trying to figure out trying to get information and all that you know it's just virtually impossible in regards to getting some of the details stuff uh, you know been detailed how do you not have an entry list here it's a couple days before the race i don't understand how that that's um um, I mean, in regards to the IndyCar race here at Texas, my pick for the win, I mean, I just talked about him uh, with Pat Award, but I'm going to go with Joe. I mean, I, I, I would want to pick Pat Award, but they didn't have a great run at St. Pete. I know that things have went a certain way there at McLaren, and Pat Award may be kind of thinking, oh, I might need to go somewhere else, which is possible. But I'm sure there's rides and opportunities that will come to a guy of his talent. Uh, I'm going to pick Joseph Newgarden to win at Texas this weekend. Um, I figure it's been a while for him to get a win. He struggled at St. Pete, finishing 16th, albeit there was pit strategy that kind of played into that. Um, the former winner of Texas, he's also had a massive wreck at Texas. I think it's a good spot for him to go and angle and set himself up in regards to the championship. His teammate won, of course, at St. Petersburg and Scott McLaughlin. So it'll be Pemsky two for two. Uh, wild card pick for me at uh, Texas would be Takuma Sato in the 51 car for, for Dale playing Rick Ware. He's, of course, a two-time Indy 500 winner. He's won multiple oval races now. Uh, he won a gateway. And they they had good pace. They have good pace on the ovals. So it wouldn't surprise me if Masato, one of the wild veterans of the sport, to go out there and fade the grip strip. But even though they're going to run like a metal grate, I think, on the second lane to try to get some, take away some of the uh, grip strip and make it so that it's a two-lane racetrack. Um, from what I read, uh, Racer and I think Motorsport.com both kind of had that there. They're going to try to go and work the track so that it'll actually be drivable for IndyCar and they'll have the ability to pass, which is a positive. So if that's the case, Takuma Sato, who actually ran the grip strip and wiped this car out a couple of years ago when they came back, a Texas Motor Speedway uh, might be something that suits him very, very well. Uh, what are you thinking, Josh, in regards to this weekend at Texas for uh, what we're going to see in your picks? Yeah, young Jim Johnson at 46 years of age uh, running an IndyCar on an oval for the first time, trying to um, do his best Al Unser impression, um, trying to make it work because I think it's, it's this oval – experiences i think more even though he's been very prolific at texas is more about you know everybody knows what race it's about because that's the one he wanted to run his whole life and uh putting himself in a position to be able to end there in may uh during the month of Nicholas. so we'll see what jim johnson does cool. i gave myself a trouble now for the roundup here we're going to start with the 12 hours of sebring and a thousand kilometer at Sebring for the WEC. Um, we're right now because of uh, we got the prototype, the DPI category. It's the usual suspects there. 
in the DPIs with the Cadillacs and the Hondas, six six uh, car field in that class for um, for that field and uh, the Cadillacs, of course, Chip Ganassi factory Chip Ganassi team. You have the uh, with the two cars. You have the Action Express duo or not duo, the wheel and engineering number 31 car. Uh, all the teams that have been there, you got, the, of course, the Wayne Taylor Racing Team and the Honda or the Acura and uh, the Daytona Rolex 24 champions of Meyer Shank Racing. There are driver changes at uh, Sebring, mainly due to the IndyCar uh, field or IndyCar race at Texas um, leading into all that. Um, that's not what I wanted. I, I hate this website. I think I've said this multiple times before, but it's typical of NASCAR cause it's NASCAR's, um, deal. So that they have, um, terrible website is, is not shocking. Um, trying to actually get information on a race and like a driver lit, like a, a entry list, something, you know, any, anything like it, 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 it boggles my mind that this is the kind of website they put out there, and then they go, Ugh. you have to go and scroll this far to go and find a freaking entry list. And then, so, all right, so I'm going with the um, tried and true Andy Blackmore spotter's guide. Uh, actually, you have seven cars instead of six. The addition, of course, is the Ally Cadillac 48, which is a second uh, Action Express car. Uh, JDC Miller will have their car. So zero one Renger Van Der Zanda, Sebastian Bourdais and Ryan Hunter Ray, Earl Bamba, Alex Lynn and Neil Yanni in the zero two. This is five car of JDC Miller with Tristan Vautier and Richard Westbrook along with Loic Duval, Konica Minolta Acura number ten, Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque and Will Stevens, the thirty one wheel and engineering car of Pippo Durrani and Tristan Nunez with Mike Conway as their third, the. 48 car was supposed to have Jimmy Johnson, but we'll have uh, Jose Maria Lopez. Instead, uh, Mike Rockenfeller and Kamui Kobayashi, which is a strong driver lineup for sure. And the uh, winners of the Rolex 24, Oliver Jarvis, Tom Blomquist, the two IndyCar drivers are obviously busy, so they won't be there, but Stoffel Van Dorn will fill in um, in the Meyer Shank number 60 car. In the LMP2 category, you got eight car, eight car field, Tower Motorsports number eight. You have um, high class number 20, the Aero Motorsport team, Ryan DL, Dwight Merriman, Kyle Tilly, Pier One Matheson has their number 11 car. They have a two car team, Stephen Thomas, Jonathan Bomarito, Josh Pearson, and the 52, Ben Keating, Mikkel Jensen, Scott Huffaker. And then um, Dragon Speed, the big uh, news there is that uh, this is the start of their season. And Henrik Hedman was one driver, but the combination of Juan Pablo Montoya and his son, Sebastian, will be part of that driver lineup. So um, as a fan there uh, of Juan Pablo Monterrier, I'm looking forward to seeing that father and son run together in that 81 car and um elton julian is a former racer and he's he's run indy with in the indy cars and with a team and all that so there's there's some good storylines in the lmp2 category for sure 
uh, wanted to get into the other prototype class, of course, the the LMP3s, uh, John Bennett, Colin Braun, George Kurtz, 54, the Core Auto Sport Car, the 38, Dan Goldberg, Rasmus Linden, Cam Shields, and Performance Tech 38. The 36 for Andretti Autosport will have Jared Andretti, Josh Burdon, and Gabby Chavez, a former IndyCar driver there. The Milner Motorsports number six uh, will be there um, trying to go through. Kuno Whitmer is driving the AWA number 13 car, former Viper driver. And then they, I don't know who that is. Uh, uh, and then they don't, yeah, they make the, they, they don't even load it in a way for it to be readable. Okay. So Josh, um, I guess we go from there in regards to the prototype category. Uh, it seems like it's a Cadillac racetrack similar to Daytona, but it is rougher. So there are things that can happen. It's 12 hours, much tighter racetrack, um, in certain sections. So the likelihood of, uh, more cautions is there. It seemed like a relatively clean and tame Rolex 24, but I figure it's going to be a little more aggressive in this race uh, for the 12 hours of Sebring. Uh, and But Cadillac has a bunch of good teams there, and I think the Ganassi team is going to have... They, they had pace, but it wasn't... You know, they had some issues. I think the Ganassi team is going to sh- do well this weekend. Um whichever car it may be, but their driver lineup's really solid. I would also venture to say that that 48 car not having Jimmy Johnson, no offense to seven time, but when you have three guys who know each other very well, or two of them that have been teammates for a long time, and Jose Maria Lopez and Kamui Kobayashi and Rocky, who's well-versed in his, um, uh, what do you call, sports cars in all different forms of sports cars. I think they're the definite dark horse of this race in the overall. Uh, but I would, I'm in a hedge, and I'll just say Chip Ganassi as my winner. So I have two chances at it. Kind of want to just say Earl Bamba uh, won the 12 hours of Sebring, but I wouldn't mind if Bourdais and Ryan Hunter Ray uh, win it either because I've been fans of both of those guys for a while. What are your thoughts on the uh, prototype categories here for the 12 hours? Yeah, there's there's thing you know when it comes to this race, we have a lot to to buy, really get into because some of these cars are not even going to be here the whole year. Uh, we haven't really got into that per se. You're going to have certain cars that are going to run the Endurance Cup. This is the second race of the Endurance Cup, but they're going to start running the sprint races here shortly. Um, Corvette now for the rest of the year is going to run one car in the gtd pro category that'll be the number three with antonio garcia and jordan taylor along with nikki katzberg and uh in for enduros the four car will be running in the wec the gtd pro category is 11 cars so that's uh you have WeatherTech bringing in both a porsche uh, and mercedes Acura will have one car with Racers Edge Motorsports with Wayne Taylor Racing, Ashton Harrison Henry, Kyle Marcelli, and Tom Long. Josh mentioned the BMW duo. Uh, the that'll be this will be the last race that there'll be two cars. Uh, the rest of the season they'll be running one car uh, in regards to trying to work on the development and get that car on pace. Uh, so um, we'll see which one they choose, I guess. 
uh, as the season goes on. The FAF number nine, which uh, won at Daytona, they uh, uh, with Matt Campbell, Felipe Nazar, Matthew Jaminet. You got the Lexus uh, Vassar Sullivan car with uh, Aaron Tealitz, Jack Hawksworth, Ben Barnacope. So it's a deep field. Uh, Eddie Cheever's son is in the Risi Competizione Ferrari with Davide Rigon and Daniel Serra. So that's probably a caution. Um, Marco Mapelli, Andrea Caldarelli, and Mirko Badalotti in the TR3 Lamborghini. You got the harder racing Aston. Uh, Cooper McNeil is trying to double up to whether he's going to run both the Mercedes and the Porsche to try and give himself a chance to get that Rolex. Um, in regards to the GTD, uh, GTD Pro or GTD category is 17 cars and uh, Paul Miller Racing Jersey uh, based team uh, coming back to the series uh, this weekend uh, for the rest of the year. They'll be running a BMW M4 uh, GT3. Um, they'll, uh, with Brian Sellers, Madison Snow and Eric Johansson. So that'll be cool. Uh, they, they were missed at Daytona. Uh, they got their car a little late. That probably was part of it. You look at this racetrack. I mean, it, it's more wide open in the GT categories. You would, I would think that the Porsches though, will you can't go wrong with Porsche at an endurance race and you have the right motorsports team with Hardwick, Robichon, and Halen, who did really well at Rolex. The Turner Motorsport team had issues there but at Daytona, but you know that Bill Arberlin, the ageless Bill Arberlin, along with Robbie Foley and Michael Dynan are, are a solid team there. I mean, the Mercedes did really well at Daytona. The Allegra Motorsports 28, the Windward Racing 57, those cars were up there. Trying to look at the cars that are going to be running for the full season. The Frankie Monte Calvo, Richard Highstand, Scott Andrews, Vassar Sullivan, number 12. That's one. The I'm not sure Magnus Racing. I think Magnus Racing is only doing the Endurance Cup. The 47 car, which I think caused like six cautions, is back. So that's great at Daytona. Uh, and Harder Racing has one in each class, too. So a lot to go th- through there. Um, it's going to be, a, a, a good f- deep field and, you know, that's, it's nice to see, uh, at, uh, the 12 hours of Sebring. There were many years where the fields were starting to thin out and we're losing a lot for 70th annual. I didn't know it was 70th annual. So there you go. Um, 25 prototypes total and then 28, uh, GTD cars. So 50 plus cars for this 12 hours of Sebring. And, and then when it comes to the WEC thousand kilometer, uh, they, they've been, they, they were running, they are running right now. So, uh, the pole position was won by the Alpine elf number 36 car. The Toyota is actually only qualified fourth, fourth and seventh, which is interesting. They were the Glickenhaus, the Glickenhaus uh, 708 started second. An LMP2 car, uh, the 83AF Corsa car, qualified ahead of the Toyota number eight of Sebastian Buemi. Then the United Autosports duo qualified in the third row. The fourth row was um, was the seven of Kamui Kobayashi. 
Then the first WRT was Sean Galale, longtime Formula 2 driver. And then we start seeing all the LMP2 cars after that. Uh, the In 13th position was the Penske Racing, number 5. So that'll be interesting to see there how that goes. In the GTD Pro category, or GT Pro category, or G, yeah, I think it's uh, GTLM, or no, it is GTE Pro. Sorry, trying to get all the combinations of letters I got going on there. Uh, the f- 92 Porsche on pole with Kevin Estra, the 91 next to him with Jimmy Bruni, the 64 Corvette starts third. Nick Tandy was a qualifying driver. The TF Sport uh, Aston with Ben Keating actually got in a fourth in regards to GTs and, of course, the pole for for uh, GT. Uh, am af course of cars were round out row 12 and then yeah the northwest amr aston paul dalalana the project one porsche there in 26 36 cars for this race here at sebring and then josh pearson who's running for united autosports is 16 think about this to be 16 years old man and be able to drive at the 12 hours or be in at 1,000 kilometers at Sebring. That's pretty epic. Most of us are getting our license at 16. This dude is driving a high-performance high, high sports car at one of the most legendary circuits on the on Earth. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And that's something there. United Autosport is building him up uh, for sure. I think he's got a long – he's got a future for them for many years and – in that team. So, um, Oh, look at that, that it's a very uh, tight and very tidy, um, event information, um, situation here. Uh, LMP. Yeah. They have classification. I like this website the, for as bad as the IMSA website is. I like the WEC website, um, going into the classifications, as I said. So, uh, it's a French, of course, the Alpine team of all French drivers. Uh, Glickenhaus team has Olivier Pla, Romain Dumas, and Ryan Briscoe. The 83, I don't even know who any of those guys are. Uh, the 8 is Sebastian Buemi, Brendan Hartley, and Rio Hirakawa. Phil Hansen, Philippe Albuquerque, Will Owen, Paul DeResta, Oliver Jarvis, and Josh Pearson, as I mentioned. That's a United Autosports team. Then Mike Conway, Kamui Kobayashi, Jose Maria Lopez, as Josh was mentioning, for um, all three guys are going to be racing this race and then jumping into the 40. Uh, two of them are jumping in the 48, and the and Conway is going to be in the 31. WRT as Sean Galeo, Robin Frines, and Rene Rast. Um, there's Ferdinand Habsburg, Norman Nato, Robert Kubica, Louis Delatras in the number nine. Prima Orlean team car, and then the Jota Sport cars, Rasmussen, um, I think Ed Jones, and uh, 38, Roberto Gonzalez, Antonio Felix DaCosta, and Will Stevens. Penske team will be Dane Cameron, Felipe Nazar, and Emmanuel Collard, the longtime veteran sports car racer. Uh, nine-time World Rally champion Sebastian Ogier will be driving the Richard Meal number one. Uh, there's one woman on that team instead of an all-female driver lineup, as it has been over recent years. I think Nico Muller, 
And Mike Rockenfeller, who of course is another one who's going to be racing both races, running in the number 10 Vector Sport car. And sort of Seth Thomas and Rene Binder, who was terrible in IndyCar. Um, I think that's Esteban Gutierrez. Yeah, so that's for the Hypercar and LMP2. And then GTE Pro and AM, Christensen and Estra over Bruni and Leitz, then Milner and Nick Tandy. And you have the TF Sport car, which has Marco Sorensen, um, the 51AF Corsas, Alexander Perguidi and James Collado. The other cars, Miguel Molina and Antonio Fuco. Then um, Northwest AMR has uh, Paul Dallana and Nikki Team, uh, Ben Barnacote, 56 Project One, Rahel Frey. Um, I don't know who's all those people in that 85 car. That's a couple of Japanese drivers and a guy that's name I don't really want to say. It's kind of like the guy who's the the team principal at Aston Martin now. Um, the Dempsey Proton 77's back. They'll have Christian Reed, Sebastian Prio, and Harry Tinknell. Uh, so that's a good lineup. Nick Cassidy, the longtime uh, Formula, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, Formula Nippon driver, uh, Super Formula driver, and now in Formula E. He's driving AF Corsa Ferrari in the AM category. And Gabriel Aubrey in another Ferrari for Spirit of Race. Um, Tony Vlander in another AF Corsa. Ferrari, so they have four cars. Patrick Lindsay, Julia, and Lauer, so another female driver. There that'll be you know, the 88 Dempsey Proton Porsche. Giancarlo Fischichella uh, driving the number 60 Ferrari. So that's uh, those are some of the standout drivers there for the Sebring 1000. And we will um, give you results of what happens with that. Uh, in next week's episode of the Grip Strip Podcast. Oh, look at that. Uh, Jose Maria Lopez uh, demolished his car. So um, since we are mentioning that, we'll get into that in more detail in the next episode. So not a good start for them in regards to their uh, twelve hour, or their World Endurance Championship season. I know, uh, Josh, you can talk about this. Garage, they were talking about a major news story. We talked about it with uh, Joe, and we were wondering if uh, it meant NASCAR was going to Sebring with the Cup Series or there's going to be some other announcement. Well, the announcement is Hendrick Motorsports in concert with ECR um, and then utilizing Chad Knauss, who runs, you know, basically is their now director, technical director at Hendrick Motorsports after his retirement from being a crew chief, will be running a Garage 56 entry with a Gen 7 car at the Le Mans 24 Hours in 2023. We don't know who the driver lineup is, but you know we both just talked about it before we came on. Um, and the likelihood is, as long as there is no conflicts, I think Young Money, Clyde would be two of the choices there. And then you would make, and then Jimmy Johnson probably would be another one um the garage 56 is not classified it's not a classified car i mean they'll give you stats and they'll tell you how many laps they ran and all that stuff and they're going to put a hybrid motor on on this car for regeneration i guess because that's going to be the move uh for nascar here in the next couple of years they're trying to figure this out because they're looking at 
adding a hybrid component to the race car, this Gen 7 car, either for, you know, I don't know if it'll be like the uh, brake regenerate MGUH kind of thing, like they have in Formula 1, if it's going to be more like a thing to push to pass. But um, what were your thoughts on that and a uh, big news story that came out of Sebring this week? Yeah, it's, an, it's a concept. I mean, it's something that... Uh, the hybrid component is something I'm interested in, how that will work and how they'll, they'll deploy it, how it'll be packaged. Will it affect the car? Will it make it, you know, they already have issues with packaging within the car and the heat in there. And then now you're going to be asking this car to run stints. You know, they're going to have to build a different gas tank, I'm sure. They're going to have to do all kinds of, to make it run longer. The brakes, of course, are big, but having to do brake pad changes, things like that. It's going to be an interesting science experiment, I guess. Uh, bringing it back old school to the 70s when you had like, you had the number, the, the Juni Don Levy cars, as uh, Josh talked about with Dick Brooks and um, the McGriff family, of course, Herschel McGriff, the West Coast legend, taking a Dodge over there. Um, you had you had the Greenwood Corvette. So you had some real extreme cars that ran in that time um would i say that this car is extreme relative to some of the cars they are running there like the hyper cars with toyota not exactly but hey i bet you there's gonna be a lot more people paying attention to the 24 hours of lamar over now not only this coming year for this year but next year because you know a chevy camaro gen 7 car is going to be there now they need to get the car together they need to put all kinds of stuff in place and they also need to get a driver lineup that people want to look at um that would be something now will nascar actually take an off week that week or whatever basically to allow that to happen that's to be determined uh but you know there it sounds like between uh what is it ben kennedy and them they're trying to go and get the schedule out much earlier than they have here in recent years we'll see what happens with that though in regards to the uh we have other racing going on, of course, uh, this this weekend. We have Formula. We have Formula One, of course, has come back. We talked about that. So now we'll have Formula Two and Formula Three. We'll get into that here in a moment uh, at uh, Bahrain with uh, qualifying uh, the Moto Moto GP after racing a couple weeks ago. Losail. They'll be running in Indonesia in a street circuit. With uh, FP1, saw Pola Spargo uh, lead practice over Miguel Oliveira, Mark Marquez, Franco Morbidelli, and Johan Zarco. So two Hondos, a KTM, a Yamaha, and a Ducati. Alicia Spargo on a KT, or Aprilio 6th. Then a bunch of Ducatis, Joanne Mir, former world champion, 10th. Defending world champion, Fabio Quattararo in 16th. Um, got some of these other... Guys, there, you know, Remy Garner, Alex And then in FP2, saw Fabio Quattraro actually by three hundredths of a second, or yeah, three hundredths, uh, beat his teammate, Franco Morbidelli, in practice there. Uh, Zarco, third, Jorge Martin, fourth, Supremac Ducati's third and fourth behind the factory Yamahas. And the winner at Qatar, Enea Bastaini, uh, fifth. Jack Miller, six on the factory Ducati. Then you have Alex Spargo seventh on the Aprilia, the KTM Red Bull KTM teammates, Brad Binder and Miguel Oliveira, 
eighth uh, and ninth, and Alex Rins in tenth. Uh, Andrea Davizioso showing some pace on the satellite Yamaha effort there. The Hondas did not do so well. Uh, Mark Marquez buried in 22nd in second practice there with Peko Bagnaia in 21st, Joanne Mir in 20th, Polo Spargo in 19th. So interesting uh, practices so far. We will see what goes on in regards to this race and this race weekend. We'll give you the results uh, next week on the GSP in practice one. On Moto2, Joe Roberts was second, and uh, just behind, or he was a second behind, but he was behind Sam Lowe's. Then you have Sean Dillon Kelly was ninth, so he's a rookie, of course. And Cameron Bobier is 15th, so the three Americans there, uh, different uh, uh, varying degrees of success or whatever. In practice two, Cameron Bobier was the best of the Americans. Jake Dixon, who had a good first practice, ended up having the fastest lap in the second practice. Lowe's was third. Bobier was 12th. The Sean Dillon Kelly, or Joe Roberts, 21st, and Sean Dillon Kelly was 27th. So we'll see what happens there. Um, then they'll be going to Argentina in a couple weeks' time, which will then be a bookend of back-to-back Argentina and Austin, which they've done repaving for at the... Uh, Coda for not only not only the 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 MotoGP but of course the uh, for all the for for all the series honestly that are going to be racing um, there. We also have Formula Three and Formula One and Formula. Oh, why did I do that? F one, yeah. So Formula Two and Formula Three. We'll focus on Formula Three first because there are Americans in the field. Um, uh, Miney and Simmons received post-qualifying uh, penalties. Cush, Miney, uh, Ayrton, Simmons. For, so Miney was from the pit lane. Waybridge, Miney set to begin the feature race from third and from tenth. So Indian driver for MP Motorsport uh, gets nailed there. Uh, then in regards to Simmons, uh, was uh, he drives for the Sharus team. And uh, he was not, he, he had a bad qualifying session in both sessions anyways. So that wasn't uh, very, um, wasn't very promising anyway um, in regards to what he was able to do there. Qualifying results, though, for, for the drivers there, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like they're not showing, yeah, I'm trying to see, okay, so they show it on there. But you have to literally click on the driver. Um, and Roman Stanek and then Zane Maloney. I don't even know what flag that bar. Oh, from Barbados. Uh, okay. The teams and drivers. I mean, Jack Crawford, course, American driver, Red Bull connected. Juan Manuel Correa, American driver with uh, Art GP. Um, and you have Kush Miney, the Indian driver for MP. Sharus Racing. Systems, uh, it's yeah, he's British. He just has the Ayrton name, Caden Kalen Frederick, American driver for high tech. Um, and you have uh, and that's oh, another one, Hunter Yaney's driving for Campos, so that's another American driver, Cohen. Yeah, no, that's looks like that's Israeli, 
then so the, he's British. So do we have a few American drivers here uh, in Formula Three? Of course, Jack Crawford is the most standout example for um, for the number. But uh, yeah, I talked about Miney got penalized. Maloney is seventh. Um, Zach was twelfth. Uh, there's some guys that struggled. Edgar, Leclerc, Colette, three guys that you would think would be up there, um, struggled in qualifying there. I think they're working on the reverse grid. Kalen Frederick was 19th. Jack Crawford, 21st. Hunter Yaney, 26th. Oh, true. Yarno truly sons in this series. Well, and then uh, Juan Manuel Correa actually was the best of the Americans in sixth. So we'll get into all that who did what in regards to the Formula 3 start of the season there. Uh, Formula 2, of course, also is there. All three series will be racing together at uh, the same track uh, this year after last year's kind of split deal. Uh, the the things to look at, of course, Dennis Hauger and Jan Deruvla are both uh, Red Bull drivers. They'll be driving for Prema. Jack Dewin the son of five-time uh, Grand Prix world champion Mick Dewan, and he's qualified on pole this uh, for this weekend's first or the, the feature race for Virtuosi. Liam Lawson and Red Bull driver and America, American driver Logan Sargent Williams connected for Carlin. A lot of these guys have a connection to some driver development program. Drove Clement Novak, Frederick Vesti, Teo Pocher, Ollie Caldwell, Ralph Beauchamp, Iwasa is a Red Bull development driver, Roy Nassani is and never will be. Marcus Armstrong, Yuri Vips, Red Bull, JQs, uh, never heard of that guy, Amari Cordiel in Belgian. At Enzo Fittipaldi will be driving for Charus, and then Trident, Vishor, and Callan Williams from Australia. So, thing to look at in regards to, of course, is Logan Sargent. What does he do in F2? after having to do a second season in F3 because they didn't, he didn't have the funding after all of his teammates all got up there and a bunch of other people. Qualifying, saw Jack Dewan over Teo Pocher, Yuri Vips, Logan Sargent is fourth, um, Daruvala seventh, Lawson sixth, Hughes was eighth. I'm trying to look at some of these other people. Uh, Enzo Fittipaldi was 16th. Um, Vesti struggled. And starts 19th in the feature. Uh, Clement Novak 18th, Ollie Caldwell. So Dennis Hauger buried as well. So the, that'll be interesting to see how that race goes. Um, Doing, of course, new to Formula 2 along with Logan Sargent, how they go and do their, their thing in um, their first races in that category. NHRA was at the Gator Nationals, and they... Had a had a historic victory in regards to the for not only for Trip Tatum who won his first career race in the top fuel uh, category, but also Matt Hagen won for for Tony Stewart Racing as we mentioned. So Tony Stewart got a double. He won an NHRA and he won, of course, with Chase Briscoe in his first Cup win. He became the fifth owner to win in both uh, Cup and. NHRA, and I was trying to remember him off the top of my head. Uh, of course, Kenny Bernstein, King Ken 
did it because he won in the Cup Series, won race with uh, Brett Bodine. He won with uh, other Ricky Rudd. And, uh, yeah, Ricky Rudd he won a, bun- a bunch of races with. Then, of course, uh, and then they had Joe Gibbs racing when they, they got connected with Pontiac in the mid-'90s. He won races in Pro Stock, Funny Car, and Top Field because he had Jim Yates, Cruz Pentagon, and Corey McLenathan and you know, for pro stock funny car and top fuel back in the day. Tony's there now with uh, his wife and, and Matt Hagen, wife uh, Leah, and then Matt Hagen there. Then you have um, the Raymond Beetle, who uh, ran, of course, the Blue Max team, which uh, when you think about it, of course, he was a funny car champion, ran the cool Ford Mustangs, but then he also was a uh, team owner in cup and rusty wallace won his one cup championship for um raymond beetle in the blue max team and the kodiak pontiac number 27 that that's four and then i i swear i i remembered who the fifth one was but i'm trying to i am probably failing to yeah you know, remember what it is but i i thought i figured it out uh but it's my fault. I, I did. Stewart was a, was a fifth. Oh, okay. Jack Roush. That's what it was. Yeah. Jack Roush. I, I'm like, who else could it be? And then I'm like, oh, it's Jack Roush. Because Jack Roush was a drag racer. In, uh, and he actually drove. And then he got guys to drive his Fords in different, you know, stock eliminator and whatever. What the precursor to pro stock. And his Fords won races back uh, in the day. So he, before he became... NASCAR and sports cars, he was a drag racer first because, of course, he knew how to make great horsepower. So those are the five so far. I mean, who knows what may happen as we go along. Uh, guys like Kurt Busch, of course, he's ran pro stock before, and he's somebody I think that's really never going to retire. So he may retire from Cup, but I don't think he's going to stop racing. I think he's going to want to race, and he's going to want to call races too. So who knows? See what happens with that. Um Trip Tatum won his first career top fuel race. Matt Hagen won um, there. I mean, he uh, uh, Hagen beat uh, Alexander. No, I'm trying to remember. Menobles. Um, Blake Alexander, who's driving the Jim Head car. Trip Tatum um, won, beating Doug Foley. So first final. For both of them, then then uh, yeah, Dallas Glenn, who's uh, they're paying no summer, yeah, who earned a fourth national event title of his career by beating his KB Racing teammate uh, Kyle Koretsky. So that's uh, after Elite has had a good start to the year, first two races. This re- past weekend's race was a KB Racing deal, and then. Um, and then you had Karen Stouffer, who had a, a record-breaking weekend uh, to win her 11th national event. She's been around a long, long time uh, in this class. So the first round, that's crazy. So they didn't even have qualifying. That's something. And Jerry Savoie, uh, and yeah, Jerry Savoie owns that team too. So they, you know, former champion in this class. And those Suzuki's are really fast. So she beat Angie Smith to go and get her get the first win of the year for the pro stock motorcycle class. We will move on to NFL free agency. And Josh, I know your Jacksonville Jaguars have been 
really busy uh, on the free agency front. Niners, not so much. I got a lot of things going on. I mean, we've had some huge moves with Devontae Adams getting traded after they gave like a trillion dollars to Aaron. Um Chandler Jones signing with the Raiders too, along with Devontae Adams getting traded there. There's been a Von Miller signed a huge deal with the Buffalo Bills to basically be like the new Bruce Smith, um, which they needed edge help. There's there's been a lot of big moves. The Niners lost um lost Lake and Tomlinson, which was a bummer because he's a really good player. Um there, there's a bunch of stuff, but how about your guys? How about your Jacksonville Jaguars and um, Trent Balky and what they've been doing so far? Yeah, Deshaun Watson. It, yeah, they, five years, 230. Um, Baker Mayfield wanted a trade. He requested a trade. They declined it. And now, well, I guess they're going to accept uh, his trade request. And now the question is how that affects uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade market, too. Because now Houston's in the market, Pittsburgh isn't. Uh, you know, there's certain teams that still kind of need. I mean, New Orleans, New Orleans needs help uh, at quarterback. The Indianapolis definitely needs help. You have, I mean, some of these teams here. I'm trying to think of who else. Falcons too, because they're shopping Matt Ryan. So Texans. Um, so there, there's still a few teams now. Um, Seattle doesn't have a quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the this it's the I think I don't know how many games they're going to be having on prime time. I figure the Denver at least one Denver and Kansas City game will be on Sunday night football. I figure the other one will be on Monday night football. The Thursday night football package which is on Amazon, you know that the Chargers Raiders games are going to be good. Now Devonte close friends Devonte Adams and Derek Carr back together again. They played in college together, I believe, at Fresno. Um, so you have Devontae Adams along with um, who's the tight end they have um, at, at uh, Las Vegas? Um, War, Waller, Waller, yeah. Darren Waller, and then you have um, uh, Hunter Renfro. So those three, that is one of the best. And they have, I mean, running back situation, meh, right now is kind of iffy, but in terms of pass catchers, Devontae Adams getting broke off and now getting to play with a, a friend of his, albeit the combination of him and Aaron was great. Um, that's going to be intriguing. There is a lot of that division is the most interesting division in the NFL. Now, uh, Russell Wilson's trade to Denver being a big part of that. And then the young, of course, everybody talked about Kermit the frog and then uh, Justin Herbert, I think so that division is going to be uh, interesting for sure. In regards to the 49ers, did they lost they lost Raheem Mostert, um, probably thought we were going to lose him anyway. Trent Sherfield left uh, along with him to go to Miami with Mike McDaniel. So they got a couple of his guys from his offense there. So not shocking. Lakin Tomlinson leaving was probably going to happen. So it's a it's a bummer, but in the end, I think what does it work out? The New York Jets broke them off, and so the New York Jets are trying to protect uh, their quarterback. Uh, three years, forty million. Zach Wilson needed it was running for his life all year last year. I mean, they the Jets were busy. They signed 
uh, CJ Uzama from the Bengals who was in the Super Bowl. You had DJ Reed from Seattle, Jordan Whitehead, formerly of Tampa. I mean, of course, Tampa got the biggest free agent news of anything because Tom Brady decided to come back. Um, so now their their situation looks a hell of a lot better uh, than what it did a few weeks ago. Uh, the 49ers signed back a bunch of like fill-in pieces, like depth guys. Oren Burks comes from the Packers. The biggest signings, the two big signings, they've had a Shavarius Ward at corner, and then they also signed Ray Ray McLeod to be the returner. Uh, the, the special teams of the 49ers, especially in the return game, was god-awful. Um, McLeod it showed signs of taking steps forward at Pittsburgh. So how will he do in this new uh, system, new team, uh, new special teams coach and all that? Of course, we still have Robbie Gould um, waiting to see what they do with a punter because uh, they need a punter. Um, he, I've, or, I mean, uh, Wichnowski fucking sucks. And then um, there's other places, of course, trying to solidify the back end, which has been an issue for years, solidifying the interior, losing losing the right-hand guy to Trent Williams is tough, but you still have Alex Mack there. The right side has still kind of been weak. You want to solidify that offensive line, give Trey Lance that opportunity to have a clean pocket and be able to do whatever he has to do. Uh, they might have to find some different offensive linemen in a sense, not only just because of the Shanahan system, but for the way the Trey plays relative to Garoppolo. Now the Garoppolo market, it's a little more clear. There are teams that would be interested, and there's teams that are giving up a lot of capital. I don't think they need to give up as much capital theoretically to get Jimmy. I don't think a first-round draft pick is coming. At this point, I'm of the of the thinking that let's go get a second, a two and a five, say uh, goodbye, Jimmy, thank you for getting us, being a part of getting us back to being relevant and and move on. Uh, we're not, we're, we're just delaying the inevitable uh, because Trey is going to be starting on opening day uh, this year. Uh, they have to give up three ones, the way he played against the Houston Texans, uh, the way he's doing in practice, it sounds just like Patrick Mahomes. It sounds like other people that have been around over time. You can't leave your best players off the field. He's one of their best players. And you know guys like George Kittle want to uh, you know, come back after a tough year. And then you have Debo, who's a freak. You have Brandon Ayuk, who is becoming a freak. Those three guys, along with this running game, I mean, come on. Um Nick Bosa is is one of the best out there uh, on defensive line, and this defensive line just kinds of retools, retools, and refills. We need somebody on the other side that can really take that pressure off um, Bosa and getting double teams. But we will see what happens. Draft is coming up next month, so they're going to have some stuff to do there. Uh, we will go to uh, Josh's sim segment. Uh, what's going on in the world of uh, iRacing and other forms of racing that you're doing over there, man? And uh, where else can we follow you on Twitter and uh, elsewhere? Nation of my Twitter and the Gripshire podcast Twitter. I uh, blew up both of those feeds. 
So if you want to laugh and uh, see somebody lose their mind, um, that's a good feed from last week when uh, Chase won his first cup race. Uh, you can find the Grip Strip podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, Pod, you know, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, you can find a, a podcast. You can find the Grip Strip podcast. Um, we're 105 episodes in. Episode 106 is going to be busy. Uh, recapping a lot of racing. Uh, the racing season is now fully uh, back. I think we're we've got two wheel action, got four wheel action. We got it on, we got it on pavement. We got it on dirt. I mean, I haven't even really mentioned Supercross, uh, mainly because Eli Tomac is destroying. But you know, whatever it is with football, got March Madness going on. St. Peter's actually won, so that's pretty cool. Um, a uh, New Jersey team there, 15 seeds. So that was pretty cool. Um, we'll uh, be back for episode 106, the Grip Strip Podcast next week to go over all things motorsports, sports. We thank you for listening, uh, liking, and subscribing. Uh, hit us up. Give us the support. We appreciate you, Josh. I appreciate you as always. My co-host, uh, Joe Passero, for his hit as well uh, with the deep NASCAR knowledge that he has and passion he has for the sport. That's what we're all about here is passion and really talking about all these different series because at the end of the day, you really aren't going to find this very many other places um, with the kind of knowledge that we have either. So um, one-stop shopping, probably get more into the bowling. Didn't have a great week bowling this week, but um, my practice was way more prolific than my actual bowling. So I'll probably get no more details with that once I uh, get some new equipment. But uh, we thank you for listening to Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, we hope uh, you're all staying safe out there. Take care of yourself and one another, and we'll see you later. <laughs>